Welcome to That Blind Guy Show. I'm your host, John Gee, and this is episode 13, Relationships, Part 1. So, as the name would suggest, this is going to be a multi-part series examining the relationships connected to a person who is visually impaired, in this case, me. So, we're going to be talking to my uh, brother, my father, my mother, my stepmother, and even uh, a manager at one of my jobs. But we're going to kick things off by talking to my wife. So just to give you a little bit of a backstory here, um, my wife, Saprina, and I have been married for about 19 years. We were introduced by my stepbrother after she and Scott uh, broke up. They parted as friends and Scott tried to persuade us to get together. He was finally able to make that happen, and the rest, as they say, is history. Saprina has been with me through some of the hardest times of my life, and so I can think of no better way to start off this series than with her. So we will go ahead and jump into this interview after this word from Anchor. Welcome back, and without further ado, here is the interview with my wife, Saprina. So in this episode, we are being joined by my wife of 19 years, Saprina. Has it really been that long? It hasn't quite been 19. No, not not quite. Okay. But say hi. Hi. (laughs) And um, I wanted her on the show just so we could talk a little bit about what things have been like for her being married to someone who's visually impaired. Um, So let's kind of go back to the beginning. Initially, when Scott first presented this idea of us getting together and finally convinced us to go on a date... Um, when he told you that I was visually impaired, what was the first thing that went through your head? Well, so uh, I'm going to correct you. Okay. So the first time I met you was actually Christmas night. Yes. Okay. And we went to the movies and Scott said, now, Saprina, John can't see very well, so we're going to have to sit up closer. And this being said to someone who always sat near the back of the theater. So we actually didn't really, I mean, when I think about it now, we didn't actually sit that close. But, I, you know, I mean, I was fine with it. You know, nowadays, I mean, we sit like maybe on the third or fourth row. And I think that's as much for me now as it is for you because I enjoy it so much more close up like that. So, um but um, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I didn't really think too much about that. I, I did think it was a little odd to sit up that close, but... Okay. So, putting things in the context of our first date, mm-hmm. did you have, knowing that I was visually impaired, did you, did you have any reservations about that? Did you have any uh, apprehensions? No. I mean, I never really did. I I, I mean, I didn't. I didn't mind. It was great that we actually lived in the same apartment complex. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) So, um, and then, you know, ended up, I I don't know. I, I mean, it never bothered me. Okay. So, dating me or dating someone who's visually impaired kind of puts things a little bit from a guy's perspective, it kind of puts things a little bit on its ear. Because typically, in a dating situation, it's the guy who picks the girl up and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, was that weird for you? It, it was a little weird, um, having to pick you up and be the one doing the driving. 
but I still let you pay. <laughs> so I, I felt like that was okay. <laughs> we are in some ways, we were in some ways dating a very traditional couple in that respect. So, <laughs> yeah. so while you were, were dating me, were there any kind of mental or kind of emotional things that you went through or, you know, had to think about when, while dating me? because of my vision that was a long time ago. <laughs> i know um, but i mean honestly for me getting used to people look at you like look at the menu because you always had to hold the menu up close mm -hmm. i and it always made me want to stand up and punch them in the face <laughs> and like quit looking it's you know there's nothing abnormal about what he's doing he's just trying to see and uh, that kind of thing always made me mad um, it made me mad for you because, you know, you were just doing what you needed to do to get by and people are so, you know, unforgiving about stuff like that. They, yeah, there is a lack of understanding. And, and there are a couple of times, there are some times that I get a little self-conscious about it personally, you know, even now, you know, I'll be looking at something or reading something and getting really up close to it. And, you know, I'll look over and see somebody looking at me with a quizzical expression on their face and I realized they right. didn't get it. Yeah. So before you started, before you got to know me, did you have any kind of preconceived notions about what it was like for somebody who was visually impaired or did you even think about that? I, I never knew anybody really visually impaired before I met you. So I, I, I mean, honestly, I never really thought about it. I mean, I guess it's a you know, high level like people with the cane walking down the street kind of thing, but I, no, I, I didn't really think about it very much. Okay. So moving forward a little bit, <laughs> after we had been dating for a little while, we, uh, we moved in together. Yep. So when we moved in together, what, what kind of surprised you about the way that I functioned, you know, in, in a household? Uh, well, spit, so. spit it out. So your level of acceptance of things in disarray were surprising to me. Okay. I mean, I would have, in my mind, you know, thinking about someone visually impaired, I would imagine that that a visually impaired person would want things in specific places so that <laughs> you knew where things were. Um, but no, that did not seem to be the case. <laughs> it, um, you were just kind of like all over the place with stuff, so and still are all over the place. <laughs> um, so when you ask me where something is, it just makes me want to go. Well, you know, if you'd have put it someplace where it should have been. <clears throat> yeah, I've read somewhere that you know when you're a messy person, it just means that you're brilliant. So I must be absolutely a genius. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You must be. <laughs> All right. So along with that, um, I, I'm assuming that my tolerance for clutter and, and disorder was probably one of your major challenges living with me. Yes, it still is. <laughs> Were there any others? Um, uh, well, I'm sure there are others. Like, sometimes it surprises me where you can find something without even thinking about it. 
I'm like, huh, is she really blonde? <laughs> but then there are other times where something is very obvious where it is mm -hmm. that you tend to not see it. Like, for, can't see the forest for the trees kind of thing. Um, you'll ask me, well, where's such and such? And I'm like, well, it's right there. <laughs> and you're like, well, I can't see it. So, it, I, I mean, honestly, I forget that you can't see. Uh, I forget it a lot. So, of course, when you tell me that and you get a little upset about it, I, I feel bad, of course. Right. Um, but I, I do because you are very high-functioning. <laughs> I mean... Okay. I'm, All right. So... This May, we'll, actually, no, I'm sorry, this July, I'm thinking about when we bought the house. Um, <laughs> so this July, we're, uh -huh. we're going to be celebrating 19 years. Yes. And now, so you've seen the way that I've struggled with, you know, my, my various challenges when I've gotten let go from jobs or when I wanted to go someplace and uh, I couldn't get there. Or, you know, when I tried to get someplace on public transit and it didn't work out so well. Having seen all of that, what do you think that you would change about the world at large when it comes to people who are visually impaired? I mean, definitely public transportation needs to be uh, re totally revamped, not just for the elderly, but for visually impaired people. I just feel like society totally makes no accommodation for you. Yeah. Um, Although I have to say that, you know, ride-sharing services like Uber and Lyft, when they hit this area... Are, you're paying up. But still, those services are, for somebody like me who is used to being on somebody else's schedule, those things can be life-changing. I agree. If you've got the, the money to shell out, you know, I mean... Those are, it shouldn't have to be that way. I, I would tend to agree with that. Um, what about perceptions or ideas about the visually impaired? Anything that you would change about those? Um, you can say no. No, no. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. All right. So again, maybe y'all should wear a sign and say, "Hey, I'm visually impaired. Help me." Oh. Because you don't ask for help. You know, that that's actually, okay, that kind of leads into my next thing, which is, again, seeing my, my struggles throughout the years, what do you think that I personally can do differently when it comes to dealing with my visual impairment? You need it, to ask for help more. Okay. Not wait till you're so frustrated. You yeah, I, I, I gotta admit, I'm not good at that. No. I mean, nobody is, but... Uh, in your situation, I mean, sometimes you have to say, "Hey, I need I need some help." Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember, I remember in college. Part of my problem, you know, that I had that one semester that shall not be mentioned again, was that I didn't want to ask for help, and part of my uh, part of the conditions for me remaining in college uh, was the fact that I had to ask for help. So I, I, I can tend to agree with that. You, you have a tendency when things don't go your way to 
dig yourself into a little hole and not come out. Uh, also valid. I, I don't know if that's a visual impairment no, thing. I, I think that's maybe just you. That's just my that's my personality. <laughs> I, I have a tendency I have a tendency to to cocoon whenever I'm feeling stressed and yeah, that that has that doesn't have anything to do with vision. That just has to do with my personality. So, okay, so I actually have one final question for you. When it comes to when it comes to people who are when it comes to relationships, and if somebody is possibly entering a relationship with somebody who's visually impaired, or you know, if if you're in a relationship with somebody who's visually impaired. What is it that you would want the sighted person to know about being with somebody who is legally blind, colorblind, totally blind? Well, I don't know anything about colorblind. Well, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be general here. Cause... Oh, general. I, I mean, honestly, it is that the sighted person needs to let... The visually impaired person be independent. I I found in our dating life and even in our married life, I I feel obligated to try to take you as many places as possible, and and I feel bad when either I can't take you or something's come up and I I, I mean I just can't do it. Yeah, and and I mean especially before Uber and stuff, I, it was very difficult because you would have to wait sometimes for hours for buses or yeah. whatever and uh so i i sometimes would take you places that i didn't really want to go and at the time it would make me feel resentful yeah i was actually just getting ready to say that um, um so and i know that you knew that i felt that way and it made you feel bad and uh so i i mean i will say the uber thing and Lyft makes things easier, but still, that's a lot of money that you're having to right. spend. Right. But still, it gives you back your independence. You can go wherever you want to. You don't need me. You don't need my help to do that. Right. Um, and I think that's. I, I mean, I think that has given you back a lot of your self confidence, being able to do that. Yeah. Um, you're a broker. <laughs> But. Yes, I definitely have less money, but um, I don't feel like a child asking for permission exactly. anymore. Exactly, yes. I mean, that so. to me is the biggest thing um, if you're seeing that and just make sure that they're not so messy. How <laughs> about we just let them be how they're going to be? <laughs> Come on. Okay. All right. Anyways, well... <laughs> Thank you, honey. I, I know that you were a little bit nervous about doing this and you didn't know how it was going to go, but I really appreciate you taking the time. And I'm, I'm hoping that this episode and the ones that follow it when I start looking at other relationships that I have are helpful to people who are in my situation and, you know, or maybe in your situation as someone who loves somebody who's visually impaired. Right. So... I'm, I'm hoping it's helpful to somebody, and thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>
and that's going to do it for this week's episode. Again, if you like what I'm doing and want to support me, please feel free to leave a donation at anchor.fm slash 2020. Again, it can be a one-time or a recurring thing. Also, follow me on Twitter and Instagram on both. I'm pretty much 2020 everywhere. So you can see what's going on, what I'm working on, all those kinds of fun things. You'll also be able to see when I go live on Twitch, which I do on occasion when I have free time. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanks for listening to That Blind Guy Show. I've been John Gee, and we will see you next time.